Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to another episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. Uh, I am your co-host Monica and we're joined by our awesome co-host Glenn. Say hi Glenn. Hi guys, hi everyone. Hi guys. Today we're back with another episode and this week we're talking about The Boys, Amazon Prime's newest show. We're also talking about Invincible, which is also another Amazon Prime show. And we haven't really discussed a lot of Amazon Prime content i guess no, we really have so that's interesting i'm very excited to delve deep into that but before we get into the boys and get into invincible we are going to talk about we're going to get to our segment can't wait to watch which is the segment on our podcast where we talk about tv shows and movies that we cannot wait to see that are coming out soon and i'm just going to mention right off the bat because I already messaged you about this during the week. My guy, Kid Cudi, is releasing mm-hmm. his show, Intergalactic Zone, yeah. yeah. on Netflix. There's no release date, but there has been a trailer that has dropped, and he did release a song. Uh, and the uh, song was fire. Yes, and the it was. was fire. It was. Oh, my gosh. I I like to see that your Kid Cudi phase has stayed. <laughs> I wasn't sure how long it was going to stay. But it's been, like, three or four months now, and you're still on it. <laughs> Listen. Look, I used to be one of those um, people on film Twitter that had a white, a new white boy every week. All right. And now I have moved on. We've moved past that. You know no, what I mean? You become, a, you become stable. You're yes. like, I have my faves. <laughs> I have my faves. You know what I mean? Like, Def Patel, sir, I don't want to sound like weird, but I know you're removing. I love you. Manny Jacinto, Steve Yun. Steve Yun is basically the main reason why I watched invincible because duh he's awesome uh yeah donald glover i did have a donald glover thing back in the day you know when i, I feel also like most my... people did I, yeah, say, I feel like most people but like you you know what i mean i feel like yeah. a, a lot of us did yeah and of course everybody knows i had my phase with like bill Hader, andy samberg mm-hmm. john mulaney you know the white comedians that i just love like i had a real lonely island face like, I used to listen to their songs unironically. Like, I was like, this stuff is hilarious, but it's also genius. You know oh, what I mean? Ow. Like, SNL is wrong for not airing this hurt. on NBC. Like, the fact that Lord Michael does not understand the genius Andy Samberg is, and he's bringing his Brooklyn Nine-Nine, shame on you, sir. And I realize now, I look back through, like, my old photos on Google Photos. I've been a Kid Cudi stand for a long time. Like, I remember the second episode. Undercover. <laughs> Like, I remember the second episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he was in the show. I was like, that's Kid Cudi! And I realized, like, I watched Comedy Bang Bang when he was on it, and I actually watched How to Make It in America because he was in it, too. Like, I have been a fan of Kid Cudi for a long time. It's funny because I made a fan of him in his... Sorry, a plastic bag was in my room, and I thought I got scared. But I've been a fan of him in his acting career. It's just not, like, really in his music. And I don't know why that yeah. is... Okay, I feel like that's normal. I feel like no one really talks about Kid Cudi's music. The thing is, that's so funny, is that, like, his third album is his most streamed, most popular, most sold-out album, and yet, I'm gonna sound like a a music nerd, it's kind of underrated, because I didn't really hear anybody talk about it that much. Like, I know Nathan Zed had, like, a poster of it in his room, in one of his videos or something, but, like, when I scroll through music twitter people don't really mention kid cuddy mm-hmm. and if they do they always mention kanye alongside i do not him. remember the last time that i saw like anything about kid cuddy's music directly mentioned but it's been a while 
he released his last album in his Man on the Moon trilogy at the end of 2020, I believe. Mm -hmm. And his interview with Zane Lowe, like, just recently hit, like, a million views. And that's mainly because I've been rewatching it almost every day. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. You know, about 200,000 of those views. Okay. All right. Let's not exaggerate. (laughs) But uh, something similar. It's close to that. Yeah. But Intergalactic, he's been working on it for three years, which I remember he did a complex interview in 2019 for the cover. He has the most complex covers out of any rapper as well. And he did that with uh, Nigo, who's also a fashion designer, a very well-known in, you know, the hip-hop space. And Nigo also released a collaboration album recently with Kid Cudi on it, and Tyler the Creator, and Pusha, and ASAP Rocky, mm-hmm. and all these other amazing artists. So, like, Kid Cudi is, like, kind of, like, people know who he is, but, like, he just kind of, like, keeps to himself and keeps on his own shit that, like, if you don't hear from him, it's not a bad thing. He's just doing his own thing. And he's also on tour right now. Yeah. Which I didn't realize, but like, I don't have the money or the facilities to go see somebody on tour. And if I don't know that, if I don't know someone's every single song you've ever written or ever put out, I can't see you on tour. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people. If I can't sing your songs back. Yes. I can't see it. If I can't get on that stage and be your hype man and just feed you the lyrics. Like if you just, you know, I can't see you on tour, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm excited to see intergalactic. I know he also said this in the interview in complex I don't know if this is still happening. He has a show that he's supposed to be producing with Jordan Peele. It's supposed to come out. I've heard rumors about it. I've got yeah. nothing, nothing like official, official though. He also mentioned the Intergalactic show too in the interview and Intergalactic has come out. And also, also he has an album that's going to come out at the same time as the show, which is going to be the first time that's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, I'm seeing like Peabody, Newberry possibly happening for Kid Cudi. Possibly. Like I'm thinking maybe because the cast of this show is so good the cast timothy chalamet mm-hmm. jessica williams mm-hmm. tiana taylor christopher abbott keith david kid cuddy obviously but like ty dollar is also in the show who i love like ty dollar sign is like one of those rappers that you know but people wouldn't recognize him in the street which i think is kind of crazy yeah but like it's kind of good though you know yeah. like that's like the best of both worlds uh-huh yeah so Get your money and your privacy yeah I I honestly cannot wait for Intergalactic to come out. It's supposed to come out this year. Mm. Uh, Netflix still hasn't given us a release date, you know? So since Intergalactic is coming back, coming out, I'm sure that the Jordan Peele show is going to happen because Jordan Peele just likes to announce things. And then when the trailer comes out, that's the next time he comes on Twitter. Like this man is silent. He gives us radio silence. So I'm just assuming that the Jordan Peele show is going to happen because he's going to have to go do press tour. Like mm-hmm. Kid Cudi's going to have to do press tour because Netflix shows love a press tour. They love to hit BuzzFeed, Wired, Puppy Interview, all the spots. They do it all. So in one of these interviews, he's going to talk about the fact that like he was, he's doing a show with Jordan Peele because like, why wouldn't you talk about that? Also, Kid Cudi doesn't do a lot of interviews. And the last movie he was in was X which was the A24 film, which is like mm-hmm. a horror movie. And the thing is, it's like, it's so funny because like he's in that movie, but also Brittany Snow's in the movie. And Jenny Ortega, our new, um, you know, final girl, the new uh, it girl of Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Like Jenny Ortega, Anya Taylor, the it girls of Gen Z. I love them both so much. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited, you know? Yeah. 
Netflix shows means beefy press tour and beefy press tours be interviews. And, you know, Kid Cudi only has like five interviews on YouTube True. that I can True. rewatch over and over again. So I need something else. And that's about he, to triple. <laughs> yes. And he recently dyed his hair blue too. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like somebody who can switch it up. You know? It's hilarious to me that like there are so many people who believe that like Kid Cudi like depends on Kanye for his career. When like you could look at him outside of music and it's like, you're wrong. You're wrong, in fact. The statement is actually false. Cause mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay, we're not talking about Kid Cudi. <laughs> we're okay. Glenn, is there anything that you're excited to watch that's coming out soon? Yeah, two things. Um, one, and this is just the nostalgia. Um, but people are saying that's really good. So cross fingers. Um, but um light year it's uh oh yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that comes out this week it's obviously it's the origin story of buzz lightyear from toy story it looks like cute it's a childlike movie i'm pretty sure it's gonna be like free on disney plus to watch um so i'm very excited it just looks i just need like a cute kids movie a cute summer kids movie um that's like jam-packed with nostalgia i am ready i am ready i might rewatch all the toy stories just to prepare for it I that's definitely a movie I'm probably gonna go see with my siblings. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Cause it's cute, easy. Also, um, Kiki Palmer is in it, which she deserves. Also, mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer has like five movies out now. She's been five? busy. She's Jeez. been booked. How she do it? She is constantly booked and busy. Like she's always in something. You so. know, she's on two sets every single day. Two completely different sets. Two completely different hairstyles. The fact two that compl- like. She's in a Jordan Peele movie, she's in a Disney movie, and she's on Legendary on HBO Max, too. She really said, I want that, I want that, I want that. Like, how do you you hit it all three at the same time? How do you hit Jordan Peele, HBO Max, and Disney all at the same time? And not even Disney, Disney slash Pixar. Disney slash Pixar. The Juggernaut. Mm. Also, she, um, what is it? She also uploads on TikTok, like, almost regularly, which a lot of social media... Which a lot of celebrities can't do. Like her social media game say. is on point. Yeah. And her and her and Chris Evans interviews are gonna be so hilarious. They're gonna be so funny. Cause I I'm so obsessed with Kiki. There are these videos on YouTube, like celebrities story with Kiki Palmer just unintentionally. Have you ever seen that clip with Timothy Chalamet at the Met Gala? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He said, Zendaya has Tom. I need to give me a black girl. Like he was like. Okay, it didn't work out with Zendaya. Maybe Kiki's interested. Like, we went Kiki Cars, all these people. Like, girl, you... like, how is Ruby Rose sitting right next to you on the Good Morning America? And you're like, Ruby, we're friends. It's like, do you not remember in 2013 where everybody was like, I might be gay for Ruby Rose? Like, girl. What do you mean? I remember 2022 when everyone was like, I might be gay for Ruby Rose. <laughs> oh my gosh. How does she do it? How does she do it? I just, uh, in my little like maladaptive daydream that I have where I am also a celebrity, Kiki Palmer <laughs> and I are best friends. I'm like the shy, quiet person who's like a director and I keep to myself and Kiki's my loud ass friend who drags me at the clubs and you know, uh, I love her. Good. I, we stand, we stand a legend, honestly. Also, Jennifer Hudson is an EGOT winner. She's the youngest EGOT winner now. And oh, she's she, the second Black woman to achieve right. EGOT status. Yes. I didn't even know she was on Broadway. Because she was in the Aretha Franklin movie. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was also on Broadway. Wow. Good for you, Jennifer. Good. 
shout out to everybody who dialed 1866 idols because we knew she was a legend to make it when she stepped out in that ugly pink dress we knew don't worry about don't worry about the dress don't worry about the uh beauty beauty store uh hair that she got in focus on the voice mm-hmm. focus on the talent and she had it she's always had it also this is crazy but like when we talk about elvis down the line mm-hmm. we need to talk about the fact that apparently every studio wants to make biopics now yeah they do tell me why trevante rhodes and jamie fox are playing mike tyson in biopics and we were just talking about josephine baker having three biopics coming out true and then the Aretha Franklin bio, what's going on? What's going on? We're just in a trend. It's just a trend right now. Oppenheimer, the Barbie movie, and biopics. That's going to be award season when it comes around for next year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We just going to have to, it, it's just what's happening right now. I can't abide by this. Give it like five years. I it'll can't be abide over. by this. Give it Everything- three years, it'll be over. Everything, everywhere, all at once is going to be the only movie that actually stands out and, like, could stand a chance in award season when it comes back around. I mean, I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. However, I am not exactly sure what it's going to be doing, you know? Like, that's, like, a long, like, conversation that's not really, like, worth debating because, like, we'll see, like, next year. But um, I could see the Academy completely snubbing everything everywhere all at once. Oh like gosh. not even nominated it. Michelle Yeoh deserves so much. And I 100 percent agree. I believe that it should win um Best Picture of the Year. I don't even need to see the rest of the movies this year. It should just win. It should just win. Sometimes okay. you can just give it the crown. Yes. Um you owe us for Green Book. You owe us. Yeah. So hand it over. Just say it now. Just make a tweet now. Yes. Like by the way, it already won. Yeah. She's also been cast in a new Netflix drama series, Brother's Son, which is like a family gangster kind of thing. And it's fully AAPI cast. So I'm very excited to watch it. Also, the Old Guard season, Old Guard 2 is coming out and Uma Thurman and Henry Golding is going to be it. Mm-hmm. Sir, where have you been? Henry Golding, where have you been, sir? I've been looking for you. Hello? <laughs> I've been looking for you, sir. All right. Yeah, very excited. Um, oh, also, um, a lot of casting news that came across my timeline today. Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in Doctor Who. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As the new villain, which I find interesting. And I can't wait to see what happens. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really just want the new season of Doctor Who to drop. I, I don't want to wait no longer. I don't want to <laughs> wait no longer. I can't. Oh my gosh. Also, volume two of Stranger Things is coming out. Like early July. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin, she oh, was watching it and she was telling me about what she thought of it. And I was like, you know, volume two is coming out, right? She's like, what? I was like, yeah. I think that's what Netflix is trying now. Because remember when like there's a huge trend of YA movies based off of books and they would always split the last movie to two parts. Mm-hmm. I think Netflix is doing that because they did that with Ozark and now they're doing it with Stranger Things. I don't know if they've done it with any other Netflix show. I'm not sure. I'd have to look into it. But I think now when the shows start ending, they're just going to split the last season into two parts yeah. because they, they're like, yeah. no, go ahead. I was going to say they even did it with like Bojack Horseman. Like they that did was, do yeah, Bojack that was a while ago, but they, they did. did do that. They split that by like three months. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that like, 
recently, Sarah Zed, who is a phenomenal YouTuber that I love, had uh, uploaded a video talking about how binge watching kills watching TV. And there have been articles and like research about it previously. And I totally agree that like binging is my favorite way to watch things. But even I need to take breaks between watching things because I cannot keep taking up all this information all at once. Mm-hmm. Like I need my brain to breathe. And obviously it was watching shows once a week as we used to watch it when it was airing on cable. It gave me time to process things, to think about things, to drive up the hype for the new episode coming out and for people to create theories or try to make assumptions about it and like spread the word about the show. And like, it leaves things, you know, lingering longer. And of course, Euphoria is one of the shows on like HBO and obviously you can stream it on HBO Max that kind of like, still hinges on that model like weekly episodes and keeps the conversation going and keeps people interested Mm -hmm. instead of just doing a huge dump all at once just be able to watch it and consume it and just talk about it for like a month or so and then it dies away eventually i think that netflix is trying to combat that with the two parts um last season's kind of thing but i don't think it really helps because People could just wait for the second volume to come out and binge it anyways. You know what I mean? I feel like what they're trying to do with this is they're... Because binging, you're right, it does kill content. I think what they're trying to do is do like a double wave of hype. So Mm -hmm. one, it's easier to binge because it's fewer episodes. And people, like you mentioned, like people might just wait for a second volume. They're not going to usually, especially like with this, like like Stranger Things, for example. There's over a month-long gap between when part one ended and part two starts mm-hmm. so unless you want to not be a part of any of the stranger things discourse and not be able to look at anything involving stranger things because there will be spoilers for like a month and a half you're going to watch all of volume one when it comes out and then obviously since you already watched all of volume one you're kind of sucked in of course you're going to watch volume two because like it was only a month and a half later like you still remember everything that happened so i feel like it's a good way to suck people in it limits how much they have to binge. So it makes people more likely to watch it. And people aren't going to dare skip it because then they can't be part of the discourse of their favorite thing for like three months. Cause there's the first wave of hype when the first volume drops and then it's going to kind of linger in between. And then there's another huge wave once the second um, part drops and that'll linger for a while. So they just won't be able to talk about a show or look at anything involving a show for like three months. People aren't going to do that. I feel like it could work if they, I mean, it's an idea. I see where they're coming from. How well it's going to work, we'll have to see. But, like, it's not a bad idea. No. Uh, I don't know. I think Netflix will kind of do whatever they can for their bottom line. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll just have to do more research into it and look into it a little bit more and just until they can, like, make a formal opinion on it. All I know is that I'm still not watching Stranger Things. I, I just can't do it, like... It's not, it's not enough for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see what happens when it comes out, you know, and what people are saying, what people are thinking. Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything else that you're excited to watch is coming out soon? Uh, I'm just going to mention this just because it's airing now. Miss um, Marvel, like it's currently airing. Oh, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. that. Just want to make sure. Watch it, everyone. It's gorgeous. I am very excited i'm also really happy with like the general like positive response around the show mm-hmm. um i will be binging it even though i just did the <laughs> binging ruins content i will be binging the show uh and you know i can't wait for us to review it and talk about it because uh, same 
I did get Miss America and Miss Marvel confused in our last Marvel podcast. Like I did get them confused, but I think I'm not going to get confused this time. I promise. But I'm very excited for what Marvel has gearing up for us and what's coming out soon. And yeah. Um, All right. If there's, if that's all, we're going to get started talking about Invincible and the boys. Um, Do you want to do Invincible first or do you want to do the boys? Um, I feel like let's do the boys first since that's what's going on right now. Okay. So for those of you, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I hope that you have watch the boys at least uh the boys is an amazon prime tv show is a reimagining of garth ennis and Derek robertson controversial comic um there is no moralizing or teamwork to save the day this is very much a superhero subversion kind of tv show and i'm so glad there are more tv shows like this mm-hmm. that take the superhero kind of like happy do-gooder vibe and just turn it into like gruesome deaths the perils of co- corporate ownership evils of capitalism all that stuff and like not mortalized people are putting them on pedestal or like trying to actually think about what would happen if there were immortal gods among us that could save us but could also wipe us out in an instant and what would that do for their ego so this show um is a three series show on amazon prime eight episodes each the third season released recently. They released the first three episodes on the third, I believe. And then there are new episodes every Friday. So we're going to review season one and two. And then what's happened so far is season three. And then we can revisit season three when it's done, like when mm-hmm. it ends. And I think by the time it ends, we'll probably be talking about Miss um, Marvel. Because I think Miss Marvel ends around the same time that the show ends. I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. So that'll be a cute little comparison. So let's get started with um, season one. All right. I just have a general overview. I'm not going to go episode by episode like I have done in the past with other reviews because these episodes, a lot happens in them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, girl, when I was writing out the notes, I was like, these are paragraphs. We got to cut this down. So we're going to get started. Um, so the first season opens with an introduction to Huey Campbell. Huey Campbell is a underachieving, middling, radio salesman kind of guy who's in a happy relationship with a woman, Robin. They are discussing him asking for his asking his boss for a job, a raise, and talking about moving in together. And he very much loves Robin. Unfortunately, uh, Robin disappears before our eyes because one of the members of the Seven, which is a very well-known superhero group, A-Train, literally runs through her and leaves her a splattered mess. So we start off with that. Kiwi is upset because the love of his life has died in a horrible, tragic way, and he is offered a small settlement if he signs an NDA. Kiwi is thinking about it, he's deliberating on it, and then he meets Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher is the, you know, growly, bearded uh, anti-hero that we all love to see in these kind of shows. And he's a man who claims to be a FBI agent with a special task force to go after the Seven. Of course, if you've watched enough of these shows, you know that, like, that's a lie. But Huey doesn't know that because he's a sweet young boy and, you know, he gets nervous. So he goes on, he is on a mission to bring down the soups and to bring them to justice, given all the awful things they've done, which have been conveniently covered up by Vought, the company that owns them. Alongside 
Butcher recruits Fredchi, who is a man who was adept at killing soups. And he later brings in Mother's Milk, who is his friend. And they all used to work together. And they're trying to bring down Vots, the company responsible for covering up the horrible deeds from superheroes. And Vought is a corporation who manage numerous different superheroes. But the top of the hierarchy is the Seven, a group of top heroes who front the company. And when one of their members, Lamplighter, retires, they go in search of a replacement. Uh, in these we enters Annie January, aka Starlight, who is chosen to be part of the Seven. So at the beginning of the episode, um, episode one and two, Huey is tasked with putting a bug in Starlight headquarters, not Starlight, Vought headquarters. And um, he is tasked with doing this. And unfortunately he gets caught by Translucent, the invisible superhero. And Translucent follows him back to his job and then gets run over by Billy Butcher (laughs) and then gets, an electrical cable stuck up his ass and they lock him up in a cage in a burk abandoned burger restaurant i think it is trying to figure out a way to take him out literally kill him and huey is like freaking out of course but like huey he's seen your face he's a superhero like let's not play right here like let's, let's not be stupid so they are trying to come up with this plan to take out translucent while there are um homelander's the only person who's concerned about translucent missing but you know eventually uh they figure out a way to kill translucent by sticking a bomb up his butt like a butt plug and now that he is gone uh you know huey blows him up as he does and now they have to go after a train scott what did we i i i found it hilarious that like the way they took a translucent was with a butt plug like interesting they just, they want to be creative. They want to be yeah. different. They don't want to be like other girls. I mean, it, I understand that it's, it's a little bit funny because there's a lot of like very like dark humor, just like kind of like kind of grotesque humor, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, And that definitely like fits uh in line with this show. I, I also love how like useless, mm, that might be wrong, but useless Huey is mm. like, I get that, like, he's never done anything, like, important with his life before, but how hard is it to, like, not drop a small object Mm -hmm. that is, like, you know, life or death? Like, if people see this object, you're probably going to die. Like, how hard is it to, like, I don't know, keep it in your hand? And, like, the fact that Huey is so normal, he's meant to be, like, you know, the everyman that we relate to, Mm -hmm. and it's unexpected that he took out a soup, you know what I mean? But uh, speaking of the soups, let's go through the people who are in the seven, starting with The Deep. The Deep is played by Chase Crawford, who you may recognize from Gossip Girl. Uh, the Deep has a very centered power where basically he can breathe underwater. He can tele- telepathically communicate with sea creatures. And a lot of his, um, a lot of the things he has to deal with are water-oriented crimes. There are translucent as a re- as we said before, he is basically just someone who could become invisible and he has to be naked to do so, which limits his power to a certain degree. He's also kind of a pervert, not going to lie. And he has impenetrable skin or seemingly impenetrable until, you know, Obama stuck in front of, stuck up his butt, you know. Uh, R.I.P. Translucent, you weren't a really great guy, but you know, we're saying R.I.P. just be polite. 
Next is A-Train played by Jesse Usher. And A-Train has one major power. He's super fast. He's considered the fastest man alive. And even though he's stronger than other people, he's not really as strong as Homelander. There's Starlight, you know, our girl. Uh, Starlight is seemingly the only person on the seven with good intentions and she wants to help people. She's not the most powerful, but she's pretty influential. Uh, She knows how to blind her opponents and knock them out. She is very strong and she's not the most proficient in handling her powers, but um, she's still pretty powerful nonetheless. There's Black Noir. Now in the comics, Black Noir was apparently a clone of Homelander who was meant to take him out if he were to become too powerful. That's kind of been changed around in the show. Black Noir is basically just like the silent ninja kind of type. And in the casting, when you look at the cast, he's cast as a Black man. And I obviously have a problem with like you having two people of color in your show and they don't talk. What's that about? Mm. Like... Yes, Kimiko kind of gives us a sign language moment in season two and season three, but uh, hello, what? Like Black Noir can't like he can hear people and he can understand people. He just doesn't talk, and he's deadly. He's dangerous. He has superhuman strength, speed, agility, durability, or reflexes, hearing, and he heals faster than most people who, who are not super abled in the same way that he is. Uh, Queen Maeve has similar powers to Homelander. She's very strong, almost impossible to hurt, lightning fast, superhuman reflexes and senses. And basically, that's basically it. And then there's Homelander, the leader of the seven. He has many powers at his disposal. He can fly, very strong, super hearing, super smell, and and he can see throughout almost anything except zinc. And... uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it for the seven in season one. Okay, so, oh gosh. Uh, Huey takes out Translucent, and we soon turn our attention to A-Train to figure out what's going on with him. We find out that A-Train is addicted to a strange chemical known as Compound V, which he has been taking for a while. It enhances a super able person's powers, and he takes it every so often. Uh, while this is going on, Huey befriends... Uh, starlight who is also known as annie they meet on a park bench and they start to get a bit closer with each other uh starlight soon learns that the seven who seem to be a crime fighting group of people trying to do good in the world are actually not all they appear to be after she meets the deep and he forces her to do a sexual favor in order to keep her place in the seven which is very sad and disgusting and awful and I also want to talk about the deep a little bit and like the layers behind the fact that he has no layers. You know what I mean? Like very handsome man, seemingly powerful. How is your day the deep? And you are just like, baby, you are no deeper than a bowl of cereal. Like there's nothing there. Like how? I mean, I think it's kind of funny. He becomes like just a comic relief character, but like a really, like not comic relief for us, comic relief in this show. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we don't find him funny. No. But everyone in there find him, like, laughable. Mm-hmm. He's, a, mm-hmm. he's a joke. Yeah. He's absolutely a joke. Um, And the Deep also, like, listen, don't try to get me to uh 
try and don't try and give don't try and sympathize sexual predators all right no one likes the deep he's annoying you know i love chase crawford i think he's a great actor the fact that like i do not like the deep but i could still like chase crawford is astonishing to me Mm. and it's like i love the show the boys because it really does display like all the things we kind of know about our culture the fact that starlight was sexually assaulted by the deep and she you know talks about it at that like capes for christ kind of conference or whatever and yeah. she reveals it yeah. in a way where you would think it would destroy her career but since people it's polling well and the general opinion likes starlight they decide to now hold the deep accountable for the things that he's done even though Starlight was not the first girl he had did it to and it's not in the way where it's like we believe women we listen to their stories we stay with women we will not uh, tolerate this inappropriate behavior it's in the way where it's like this you being here hurts our bottom line you're no longer popular you're no longer likable people like starlight so we're going to position her as the empowered woman mm-hmm. and you can uh buzz off to sandusky ohio well, and we'll let you know when we need you everything is well like i i don't know i really like it because like this is because Starlight, as Starlight's finding this out, we are too, that everything is manufactured. Even a lot of the crime that they stop is manufactured just for likes. Like, I like that this, I feel like it's very obvious subtext here, that they didn't really care about the fact that, like, Vought didn't really care Mm -hmm. about the fact that she was sexually assaulted. They cared about the fact that they could spin, like, that will make her more popular. Like, in this day and age, or, like, I guess the day and age of, like, when this series came out, so like 2019, both us in the real world and them, Mm -hmm. like the normal people in that world, would feel very empowered by a young woman standing up to her abuser when her abuser is more powerful than her Mm -hmm. and still like speaking her truth. That spins the the young woman in like a very positive light. And Vought is business-wise very smart to spin it that way, especially because like, since they knew that was going to come out, well, like they didn't know that was going to come out, but like since they expect it that would come out anyways, it was very like on the pulse of them to immediately spin it like that. And now she's like extremely popular, and he and they like they kind they were able to kick him out. Like they didn't really care. Like none of them mm-hmm. were affected. The deep got kicked out. Like Rob didn't care. Yeah, it also shows that like in the show. There aren't really, like, good guys or bad guys. There's no, like, black and white to it all. Because as we move forward talking about Compound V and how A-Train is addicted to Compound V, we find out that his uh, D-lister girlfriend, who is also Soup, Popclaw, also has a problem with it as well. And she, after A-Train, you know, asks her for some Compound V, she takes them as well. Her landlord, who's been asking her for rent for a long time because homegirl is broke, uh, she invites him in and she crushes his head with her ass you know uh a lot of interesting there's some deep metaphors there there's a lot of like layers that we could like there are no layers there are no layers that's deep no that has more layers of the deep okay there was there was overtones there was undertones there was subtext there Uh was context the the power of that scene Mm -hmm. astronomical Mm -hmm. yeah okay anyways continue (laughs) So uh, Butcher was recording it, obviously. And um, uh, what happened? Butcher was recording it. 
he blackmails her. That's another thing. Out of all the powers that you can have, blackmail seems like the most powerful thing that anybody has in the show. No, for real. Like, the one thing anyone cares about in the show is their reputation, how they're seen, how they're perceived by other people. It's honestly quite, like, uh, like, y'all, I don't know. Anyways, um, yes, Butcher is recording it, and he uses the footage to blackmail um, Popclaw to find out more about Compound V. He wants to know specifically where A-Train picks up his gear for it. He finds out he kills Popclaw, which makes me so sad because she truly was so sweet and she just needed a second chance. Mm-hmm. And A-Train was so selfish and like just thinking of his own, thinking of himself, thinking of his bottom line. And of course, I get it. Like if A-Train had killed her, Homelander probably would would have. But like still, she didn't deserve that. You know what I mean? And he had a teddy bear, which is mentioned, aforementioned at the beginning of the show beginning of the season i believe when huey was working in the electronic store it's basically like a nanny cam or whatever and um atri pulls it out the teddy bear nanny cam and watches a tape of them getting it on mm-hmm. and it is uh the recording is cut short because there is a recording of pop claw killing her landlord and then Frenchie and Butcher walk into the room, starting to blackmail her and, you know, trying to, you know, hold that against her. So he notices the footage of Frenchie, who I think is wanted. I don't know if he's wanted. Yeah. After that, he sends it to Black Noir and Black Noir is set on a mission to take Frenchie out. Uh, Frenchie is saved by um, Kimiko, the girl we know is Kimiko who is the silent woman that he freed from the cage earlier in the season who has regenerative powers. And now they figure out that Vaught's big plans are to get superheroes into the military, but a lot of politicians are against it. And one thing that was definitely horrific to watch this scene. I hate it so much. It's only five minutes long. Mm. Absolutely hate it. How basically there's a woman at Vaught. What's the, what's her name? Stillwell? Right, yeah, in season Stillwell one? Well. Yeah, Stillwell. She's basically... Yeah, Madeline Stillwell. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's head of bot. She is in charge. She is also basically Homelander's babysitter, mom, love interest? Question mark? Babysitter, mom, love interest, girl next door, girl boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's everything. Oh, yeah. Well-rounded woman. She does it all. She wears all the hats. We'd love to see it. She Anyways. literally feeds her adult son milk. Moving on. Um, so <laughs> Madeline, what is it? She um she oh my gosh, what was I thinking of? Okay, they're trying to get soups into the military. Mm-hmm. Her big plan is that there's a plane that has been hijacked in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So there's no American jurisdiction over it. So she tells Maeve and Homelander to go to the plane, save the people on the plane, so they have to let superheroes into the military. Because look at what superheroes can do. Look at how useful they are. They do that. They stop the terrorists. This show is also very... This show has racist undertones. Like, I'm just going to say... What do you mean racist undertones? Have you seen season two? Racist undertones, one of the main characters is a Nazi. Not undertones. <laughs> Not like, undertones. The thing is, season one, people liked it so much. And I was watching season one, I was like, there's a lot of anti-Muslim stuff going on in here. And like, yeah, yeah, the, fact y'all, 
the fact that y'all have like I don't know the only black character is addicted to drugs Mm -hmm. and the only woman of color here doesn't talk yeah like Eric Kripke creator of Supernatural you're very talented you know you're great but like I'm seeing a lot of problems from 2005 that are being repeated right now in 2019 I'm just gonna say that okay you can say whatever you want about Marvel and their problems but babe you are not exempt all right don't don't try and (laughs) <laughs> don't try in front like you they you're the sjw of the superhero genre please here's the All thing right. like i mm, i we will talk about this more in season two but like i am so incredibly tired mm-hmm. whenever any show like this which is doing a great job of showing like the corruption within like american society mm-hmm. feels the need to bring in nazis like stop stop it does not make your story more interesting. It rarely ever goes the way that it should. Mm. It almost always leaves a bad taste in basically every viewer's mouth. You can have a great story about like America, about like, you know, about this, exactly this, mm. how American corruption would seep into even something that's literally supernatural. Like if mm. something supernatural were to happen, America's capitalistic mindset and society would find a way to twist it, make it horrible and awful. And Nazis didn't need to be a part of it. Nazis are actually a very small part of America's history. Like, yes, there are white supremacists here today. And yes, there is, it's still something that affects our country. But you can tell a great story about how horrible America is without bringing in Nazis. We don't need that history. Yeah, I, I know that, like, there are uh, Jewish origins of superheroes and there have been Americanized uh, versions of them and so on and so forth. But it's so, you're right. Especially because usually the point of like insert whatever person being a Nazi, it boils down to, ooh, this character is like kind of like going off the deep end a little bit. We should like dive into like their history and see like, oh, like is there anything like in their childhood? Like why they became so evil? And then it's like, oh no, they're, they're Nazi. Oh, that explains it. That explains why they're so evil. They're not Nazi. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I do not need to know the reason why someone is evil to know they're evil. I don't want to know your childhood. I don't need to know your backstory. Like, Homelander did grow up with the mother. Yeah, and what about it? Exactly. If you want to make a sympathetic villain, like, if that's, like, your goal is to make a sympathetic villain, you could have a heart-wrenching backstory if you really want. If that's really the angle you want to go. Nazi is not a heart-wrenching backstory. I'm going to say this. This is my theory for season three. <laughs> We're jumping ahead a little bit. I don't care. Um, I think that Huey... <laughs> don't Huey, say it. Huey, he's not even giving us anti-hero. I think Huey's supposed to do the same thing A-Train did in season one, but I feel like it's going to go a whole lot differently. I mean, like, at least be interesting for him. I think it would be interesting for him. And I also like, I feel so bad for Starlight. Okay, we're going into season three. I need to stay in season one. We're not doing season one yet. We're not doing season one yet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go through season one so we can start talking about the real shit. (laughs) Because we have stuff to discuss. Oh, yeah. So we soon find out um, because uh, basically we need to find out more about Compound V and what we learn from Kamiko, who is a young girl. We learn about like, in regards to Kimiko, who is a young woman who has regenerative healing powers, um, Compound V is something that is shipped to the U.S. from other places, and they soon find out there is this guy Ezekiel who's kind of in the mix of that. 
So they go to Believe Expo, which is, you know, a Christian conference that's headlined by Starlight and Homelander, which is fun. And there's a guy, Ezekiel, there who's also a superhero. And he is basically the leader of Believe Expo. So Huey needs to try and meet Ezekiel to blackmail him and talk to him and ask him about Compound B. And they find out that it's being used on babies to turn them into soups. All heroes are actually made into soups. There's no all-American story behind Homelander's fabrication. He was born and raised in a lab. And now this, I just want to pause right here. I love this. I mm-hmm. love this so much because like we're so used, like us, like actually us. We're so used to just like superhero shows. Um, because like you know, they're super popular. We're just used to like, oh, like, yeah, like, you know, people are born superheroes, like, oh, like maybe some people got like bitten by a radioactive spider or something, but like, you know, that was just like a random accident. Like, yeah, superheroes, like, you know, they just happen to like start being born, like mutants, you know, like we're used to that enough as in our society, in our real society, and I guess in this movie society as well, that we aren't we aren't really going to question that, you know? And I like the how it subverts and like, no, actually all these are made. And how that's a f- not just like a shock point there, but it's actually a through line, even up until season three. Like even what we're seeing now is being affected by the fact that like all of these superheroes are manufactured. I like that. I was like, this is nice. This is a nice turning point. I'm really loving what's going on here. It was kind of hinted at with little mommy over there, little mama's boy, little too mm. comfy mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Once that scene happened, I was like, I think I, I think I, I think I'm picking up what they're putting down. But I'm so glad they went that direction. It just makes it a little bit more interesting, you know? It also makes sense because, like, yeah, most heroes, kind of like Iron Man or Captain America, were created through some kind of lab. And for you to have me believe that, like, there are some people just born with powers, it doesn't seem likely. So, yeah, of course, they are pumping Compound V into young children. And, uh, man, um, they find out that Kaneko... Basically, Vought intended for her to be a soup terrorist to force the military into buckling and eventually, um, oh, I said eventually. I didn't mean to say eventually. Um, Homelander basically, excuse me, let the plane go down and then kind of workshops that to be like, this plane went down. We didn't know about it until after all these people died. So, um, you know, uh, uh, he, my brain is working today. The plane went down. Him and Maeve did not know, and they lie and are like, "Oh, we we didn't know anything about it." And all these people died. Like this is what happens because soups are in the military. So you know, talk to your congressman, get us in the military. And Homelander soon learns about Butcher and the Boys. Um, Starlight finds out that Huey has kind of been using her to get dirt on the Seven, and. Huey apologizes, but he also reveals that he really likes her and he's sorry and da 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 all that stuff. Um, Starlight saves Huey and the boys from bot goons because they try to snatch them up, of course. And then Starlight and A Train fight. A Train taking up taking all those drugs catches up with him. He has a heart attack. He almost dies, but Huey doesn't let him die. And now Butcher Butcher's revenge obviously stems from issues he's had with Homelander. He was happily married eight years ago to someone named Becca, who worked at Vought as Homelander's social media manager. She disappeared. Uh, there's evidence that suggests that Homelander assaulted her and possibly killed her. And the truth is that there, is, there are two times where this, sh- this show is lying to us. 
it's like don't trust us like don't like the the moral of the show is like don't trust anybody don't trust anyone basically homelander goes to homeboy that used to be the cso of bot and the person who has to kind of race him vogelbaum i believe that's his name which gives me like um vogelbaum is jewish right is that no vogelbaum is german right Vogelbaum? Um, Vogelbaum sounds like Vogelbaum last name origins. Okay, Jewish genealogy in Argentina. In Argentina, really? Argentinian Jews are descended from the immigrants who arrived from Europe. These Jews migrated from small towns and shelters in Poland, leaving most of their Jewish relatives losing track of their relatives okay yeah that's what i thought it's interesting to me that there is a doctor who literally whose ancestors possibly had to escape the holocaust and he ends up creating this super being this superhero who would hate him and his family simply because they're not american i mean he hates him anyways but you know Mm. um vogelbaum Homelander went to Vogelbaum in search of answers about as to where he's from. And Vogelbaum was like, I mean, you're made in a lab. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And then he asked him about Becca because, you know, he finds out about Butcher. He's trying to figure out, like, why is Butcher after me? Oh, yeah, Becca. What happened to Becca? And Vogelbaum says, Becca was pregnant with your child and she died in childbirth and so did the kid. That's a lie because mm-hmm. somehow Homelander found out that Becca is alive and has been raising his child in secret. Um, also, shout out to Cameron Corvretti, who was also in Big Little Lies. <laughs> <laughs> these, cho- these child actors, I love them. I love them. McKenna Grace, I love her. Cor- Cameron, I love him. The little boy who was in um, The Adam Project, and he's now going to be in Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh these young kids man they're doing so good for themselves i i can't i like my heart goes out to them gosh he acts he just does it he is so good that young boy he's like he's so talented uh <laughs> and the thing is like i recognize him from that stupid meme of, from middle lies when real she starts randomly screaming at the dinner table and mm-hmm. he's just like in his chair like what's going on girl are you okay <laughs> Nami was so hilarious. <laughs> he was so scared. He was like, Grim, are you good? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so <laughs> the boy season one. I skipped over a lot of stuff just because like I don't want to get too much into it. But like, how are we feeling? Season one. I mean, so season one, <clears throat> I feel like it was kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Like season one was the perfect um, like it set up the world. It showed like, okay, this is exactly what the series is going to be. It left out a cliffhanger, which is like a reasonable cliffhanger, not like a fucking annoying cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still so many unanswered questions. Like it was very clear that they were not like, they weren't like, oh, we have to leave a cliffhanger because like, otherwise no one's going to want to watch like a season two, like it won't mm. get greenlit. They were like, okay, we're going to leave like 37 questions unanswered because there will be a season two. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Season two is coming. Um, I really like that. I like when... um like directors and writers are confident like that they're like i feel no need to answer these questions now because there will be a season two yes i think that the show although it is graphic and it's violence 
it does give a dark spin to the comic book story. And I feel like the graphic nature of the show makes sense because of this, the, the characters in the show and the powers that they have uh, regarding the soups. Um, it definitely does a great job of showing the institutional power of like corporations and governments and even religious institutions and now with superheroes. And overall, the show, another thing that I really like about the show there are a lot of movies and TV shows that rely too heavily on violence to sell the show or to make it interesting or mm-hmm. to make people interested in the show. But although the violence can feel like a lot, it really does lend to the story of like how sometimes things just happen. You know, these superheroes, they kill people. That's how they save the world at the end of the day. They kill people. There's violence. There's things that happen. And people reward them and praise them for the killing that they do. However, there has to be a certain point where like, these powerful beings that save people, that kill people, that get away with things, that are allowed to have things swept over the, under the rug so that they are seen as these gods among men, gain this kind of ego where they think they're better than everybody. Like A-Train himself not caring about the fact that Robin died, even though he is insecure because Homelander is essentially the leader of the Seven and he has to bow to Homelander. He has to turn to um, performance-enhancing drugs to keep his spot on mm-hmm. the Seven, even though him being on the Seven is something that hurts him and his insecurity because he doesn't feel like he's good enough and he constantly has to compete with others and feels like he has to be better in every single possible way and then there's starlight who looked to the seven as something to aspire to and it was something that her mom wanted for her but she is rethinking all of her beliefs and all the things that she knew as a child and trying to think about is this right for me is this good for me is this something that is this is this where i need to be you know and Maeve having dealt with Homelander and his BS for so long and unable to be, un- not being able to just like simply be herself, but constantly feeling like she's kind of like his dog or her, like his number two is just like, and then there's Homelander, mm-hmm. the villain of the story. Like there's no other way to say it. He's just, he's not a great guy. And the show, like, I like shows that it's obviously like a dark comedy and it's also a drama, very realistic to how, um, superheroes would possibly be if they existed in real life and it is cynical of all the things that we know but i like that you know the people feel relatable and we see everyone's anxieties and compulsions in the show and yeah i feel like the one overarching motif of the boys is that power corrupts even if you're if you're someone who searches for power in the ways of greed, if you're searching for power in a ways of social status, if you're searching for power in the ways of re- redemption and revenge, if you're looking for power in the ways of like, you were raised poor, but you need this to protect the people you love, or you're searching for power to protect the people you love and care about, even though you may end up doing things that will hurt them, you know, at the end of the day, it is to keep them safe. Power corrupts and it changes things and it changes people and no one really mm-hmm. stays the same once you get a taste of that power. Yeah. And season one was so good. Oh my gosh. It was so great. I loved it. Also, the one thing I like about the show is that like, it's very true to form. I do not like shows where people are on the run and suddenly they have like this really nice swanky hotel room. Like, no, nah, girl. We staying in basements. We moving mm-hmm. in abandoned buildings. We are keeping it low key. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, yes, very definitely interesting. Um, I do think that there should have been a little more moments where like people recognize Starlight when she was out and about because she is like everywhere. You know what I mean? Like true, true. I I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the boy season one? No, no, because it only gets it only gets more exciting from here. 
All right, season two, The Boys. Um, from the big cliffhanger, finding out that Becca is alive, which is still shocking, we kick off season two with the boys being wanted as public enemy number one. They are blamed. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Um, Madeline Stillwell dies. Mm-hmm. That's Homelander's baby. That's Homelander's baby. That is Homelander's baby. I was looking at that baby. I'm like, who is she fucking? And I was like, also, how is he literally four seconds? Literally four seconds. How are you the strongest man in the world? Strength has nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is this why you hate women? Probably. Ah, oh, gosh. It's, uh, yeah. The fact that Butcher, 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 the anti-hero that keeps disappointing me, but I guess I just, man, he is angry, aggressive, violent demeaning rude but he's my new zealand teddy bear you know i just carl urban you know from like thor and also from lord of the rings like why are you doing this to me sir do you know carl urban is a unicef ambassador (laughs) he is such a good man (laughs) but his character is so terrible his character is an awful person anyways um Yes, as many of us remember from the end of season one, um, uh, basically Butcher threatens to take out Madeline Stowell and Homelander beats him to the punch. Uh, He still blows up the house regardless. And then he wakes up in this beautiful sunny neighborhood, perfectly picturesque with Becca walking out the house with this little blonde white boy who has glowing red eyes who is obviously Homelander's son. We go to season two where Huey, Mother Milk, Kamiko, and Frenchie are laying low in the basement of a superhero comic shop, I think it is. And they're laying low because they're enemy number one. They're saying off the grid, they have been blamed for Madeline's death and Butcher is in the wind. They don't know where he is. Um, while this is going on, Homelander has been called into question by VOT CEO Stan Edgar, who is playing by one of the most amazing phenomenal Giancarlo one of my favorite actors Giancarlo is one of those actors you see in just about everything it's like sir I don't know what it's like he's so good he's so good at his job he's so talented every character he plays he plays flawlessly just like mm, the talent the talent is immaculate within this man I love him so much when i saw him in season one i was like oh oh my gosh yes because another thing i love about the boys another thing i love about shows like the boys that are like unexpected not unexpectedly but they're new shows and they do so well they're very good they're awesome to watch they're well written they're amazing Mm -hmm. is that a lot of the actors you somewhat recognize them from other things, but you don't really like, know them, know them. They're not like household names. But because the show is so great, it just lifts them up. And Giancarlo is somebody you know and someone you recognize. But because like he's one of those actors who's been in a lot of things, people don't really know him, but they understand, they recognize his talent. Him sliding into the show makes sense because he's already an actor with a lot of regard and prestige. And he already carries himself with a lot of like, just like respect. And like, I, I want to say valor, honor. Him in the role of CEO, of Vought CEO, it just fits. It just fits. Like, yeah. I don't know how to tell you. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, he talks to Homelander and he gives him a stern talking to because 
the military contracts the seven that have been secured and the money they're making off of it is great. And, you know, Edgar basically lets Hellmander know that you're not in charge, I'm in charge. You don't get to dictate things around here. I get to dictate things around here. I'm the CEO. You are my lapdog. This is a pharmaceutical company. I know what I'm doing. Shut up, stay in line, basically. And Annie begins working undercover from within the seven, feeding uh, back information to Huey. Uh, Atrian's alive, but he's comatose. Trans is dead. So the seven need more blood. And they bring in a new superhero, Stormfront. Stormfront is the quirky next-gen superhero who connects with a lot of people through social media, with the Instagram live stream that we see her and introduce her character with. Um, meanwhile, Butcher shows up back safe and sound with the boys. Uh, Homelander let him live, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Basically, thanks to the deal he made with Becca, uh, Becca made a deal with him saying that he would let Butcher live, and then Homelander can see his son wherever he wants. Um, this is a Vought compound, and this is why this is where Becca has been this whole time. Vought has hit her away to raise Homelander's son so that he doesn't end up like Homelander. Uh, wait, what's the son's name again? Uh, what is the son's name? Oh, how did I forget the son's I'm name? I'm looking through. I'm looking through. Okay. Is he? Oh, uh, Ryan Butcher. There we go. Ryan. Ryan. Butcher. Ryan Butcher. Oh my gosh, our young little boy. He deserves so much better. Oh my gosh. Anyways, um, yes. So Butcher shows up. Um, Butcher basically like in season two, he wants to break Becca out, and he wants her to leave. But she wants to leave with her son and Billy realizes that that's going to be impossible given that he's important to Vought. And the boys meet up with Grace Mallory, who was someone that we met at the end of season one. Mm. She was the original founder of the boys and she was responsible for bringing them all together. They soon learn that in uh, the season, they see footage of a strange soup terrorist wreaking havoc on the docks and is soon to be revealed to be Kimiko's brother. And the boys would like to bring him into the ranks. However, we find out that he has been radicalized by uh, Shining Light, which was the group that um, killed their parents and brought Kimiko to the mainland. So that's a problem that they have. Um, Annie was able to smuggle in a sample of Compound V, smuggle out a sample of Compound V so that they could um, try and see what is going on and try and bring down Vought. They try to talk to... Um, deputy director of the CIA who was helping Billy Butcher a lot in season one and she's trying to help them out now in season two however her head explodes Mm -hmm. and that's quite the start to the season and I'm like her head it was mm -mm, no just seeing that was way too much for me so (laughs) that was a lot that was a lot um that's definitely one of those scenes where I'm like okay unexpected violence and gore that's something I compare myself for that's that's great that's how we're going this season. That's great. Awesome. So, um, okay, Compound V, my notes are all over the place. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Compound V, Atrium wakes up from his coma. He tries to blackmail Annie, um, but he finds out that she has dirt on him too, of, of course, namely him killing Popclaw, which is very sad. And Annie leaks the information about Compound V to the media, which puts Vought under a micro. Uh, a microscope for the time being um i'm trying to figure out okay 
Kamiko's brother. Mm. They are going to turn him in, I believe, to the CIA to try and get some leniency or help with Vod or, I don't know, get them on the good side, basically. Mother Milk still wants to see his family, so there's obviously a lot of focus. Uh, I do want to say Mother Milk, one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, he truly is the glue that holds them together. I That guy has a special place in my heart. I love Mother Milk so much. Uh, they go to sea, they go out to the boat, um, and of course, this is the perfect time for the deep to make his return, because they're on the water. Of course, the guy with the gills has to come out and ruin everything. Season two, season two is when the Scientology stuff happens, right? Mm-hmm. I, ooh. <laughs> Are we gonna talk about it? I mean, it hasn't really become hugely important. I feel like they're going to play more with it later because they keep handing out those seltzers. I feel like that's going to come What is up with the seltzer? We don't know yet. We don't know yet, but it's coming around. I do think that there's something in the water. There better be. There's something in the water, you know? But basically, like, I think it's obvious that them bringing in the church, the collective of the light, whatever, whatever brings up certain organizations and how like religious institutions have more power than people lean people say and that's why bringing into the real world why a lot of celebrities like to go to Hillsong United and why they have such popular members and such well-known members even though the church has some very dodgy connections to it you know I love oceans but (laughs) that church is not great (laughs) like listen Bethel, did you know that Bethel, I don't know how this happened. I need to look into it more. Apparently there was a baby at Bethel and it passed away and they kept the baby around for two days to try to revive it and bring it back to life. That was a whole scandal that they hid away. Also the fact the Hillsong leader is kind of like a bad guy, a bad guy. It shows how religious institutions are not simply just religious institutions, but they have a lot more power and leeway and influence that people realize mm-hmm. with corporations and within celebrity culture and in the way that people are influenced in their everyday life into uh, capitalism, all that stuff. So the fact that the deep tried to rehabilitate, really rehabilitate his, um, rehabilitate his image by joining this Scientology-like organization and how they easily bring people in, try to reform them. And they have a lot of money because they have a lot of power and influence and then, you know, kind of brainwash their members and all this stuff. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's scary. Yes. And yeah. also interesting how I didn't like the fact that A-Train was kind of trying to be drawn into that. Like, I didn't think that was a fun turn for his character like i know that he kind of was down in his luck but i would have preferred a rocky four i would have preferred a a rocky montage rather than us going into the leah remy route you know what i'm saying like what's going on here but yes uh okay basically they're trying to give up kamiko's brother um they're out at sea the deep makes his return the deep was recruited by the church of the collective and rides in on a whale to save the day to repair his PR image. Butcher drives straight to the whale, which is crazy to me. It's also hilarious that like apparently Carl Urban was actually riding a real boat in that scene to make it look more realistic. Of course, did they drive into a real whale? That's just VFX and law special effects and stuff like that. But like Huey also kind of having his like rock bottom moment and like listening to Billy Joel over and over and over again. It's like, 
buddy, <laughs> buddy, let's look at, I know things are hard right now, but let's look at the bright side, you know, get this guy a fucking, somebody needs to tell this guy a joke or something, Jesus, what's mm. going on with you, bro? What's going on? Uh, anyways, the boys are surrounded. Homelander forces Starlight to kill Huey to show she's not a traitor. Huey, you know, tells her to do it because he's he doesn't want her to die, and also he's over it. He's done. He's ready to tap out, coach. I'm ready to sit on the sidelines. But that doesn't happen because uh, Kimiko's brother drops a train on Homelander and starts to run away. Uh, Kimiko goes after her brother to try and stop him. I think his name is Kenji unfortunately stormfront steps in and turns out she's just as bad as homelander Tom's, turns out she's not her favorite little dark haired quirky little gen xer no she's awful she mm-hmm. burns down an entire apartment building the first the top three floors just to get to this one guy and the fact that bot spins it around and be like oh it was kenji who did it no no i don't think kenji could you know burned down an entire apartment building in the way that Stormfront did. All right. And you know, Homelander is upset because that was supposed to be his kill. That was supposed to be his score. And Stormfront is just taking in all the attention. She's taking in all the praise. She's eating it up. She's going with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, public opinion sways in Stormfront's favor. Um and yes, oh gosh. Stormfront tries to help Homelander swing his persona around with memes so that he is loved. Uh, love that we were talking about radicalization and how it happens through, you know, online social media, like Reddit, through meme culture and other things like that. Meanwhile, the boys and Andy find out that Stormfront used to be known as Liberty back in the 60s. She was a racist. She doesn't mm-hmm. age. She was also a Nazi. She was married to... Um, I don't remember the guy's name, but basically the founder of Vought, who was also a Nazi, which brings up the fact that, you know, back when America and the Allied forces first raided the Nazi compound, they took a lot of Nazi scientists and put them in NASA to try and absolve them of their crimes so that they could work and help them win the space race. That's yes, the history the space behind race. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love the parallels to that. Love that. Love, 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 love it. So not only has she not only does she have a secret facility full of different soups with powers, uh, apparently um, they've been trying to stabilize Compound V to use it on adults rather than babies so that they can sell it to the military so that military personnel can have superpowers or so that people can have more soups. And now peddling racist dogma to the masses saying, using very similar language that we hear today, there are soup terrorists crossing our borders and hurting us, and we need more soups to keep them at bay, even though Homelander was the one in season one to go into the Middle East and pump uh, adults full of Compound B to create soup terrorists, to create the threat. That way, the military would have to depend on soups to help them take down these soup terrorists that are created with bot. It's all a conspiracy. It's all connected. It's all a game. They've all been lying to us. The deep Mm -hmm. state and all the other terms that they say so uh yeah everything's been pretty unpredictable pretty crazy uh we still find out that lamplighter lamplighter that we know to be the person that killed uh grace mallory's children is alive and works at that facility as well interesting and now we're trying to get lamplighter to testify at, against Vought in the upcoming congressional hearing um 
unfortunately, Lamplighter sets himself on fire, mm. which is terrible. And now the chief science officer, Vogelbaum, has to go and testify. You know, as we go to the hearing, you would think there would be explosive evidence told, but apparently there wasn't because everyone's head, there was an explosive display of people's head exploding. Because I mentioned that someone's head exploded. Yes, mm-hmm. Vogelbaum and many other people. Like, the way, if this actually happened on C-SPAN, babe, the way I would pack my fucking bags and leave this country, the way I would <laughs> actually leave this country, the way I would actually leave this place, like, I'd be done. I'd be like, we're going to Canada. I'm living with my aunt in Toronto. I can't do this no more. It is ghetto here. It really is. It's not even ghetto. It's not even, it's ratchet. It's crazy. No, it is ratchet. It's absolutely diabolical. People are losing their heads. I think that, I think not. I think not. Not me. Goodbye. No, 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 no. So we soon find out that Stormfront and Homelander are dating because Stormfront tells Homelander that she is every Nazi's wet dream, especially hers. Which is, you know, very disturbing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling when two of the worst people that you know are in a relationship? Yeah, it's like that. It's like that. But even worse. It's a hundred percent worse. And I was thinking when I was like watching it, I was like, can soups get pregnant? I mean, theoretically. We... Like there's, like, there's nothing the... to show that they can't. Mm-hmm. But if that honestly was possible, oh, that would be quite the twist. Like, quite the twist. Anyways. Uh, I mean, have we, have, we have Ryan, which proves that, like, their DNA can literally be passed on and that super abilities will be carried with that DNA. Like, yeah, it was a human that carried the child, but, like, it's still his DNA, too. And it yeah. still worked. Yes. Um, so... They go to take off with Becca's son. Becca goes to Butcher for help, who ends up striking a deal with Edgar. In exchange for leading Homelander away from his son, Edgar can swoop and take the kid. That way he and Becca can ride off to the sunset and Homelander can be stopped and the child can be saved. Meanwhile, Annie and Huey um, are helped from A-Train. He has been kicked off the seven thanks to Starfront being a Nazi, obviously. And they're not a team, but he helps them leak her Nazi pictures, which he stole from the collective who has known about her since their creation, which gives you some idea of how old she really is. So, uh, yeah, public opinion turns on Starfront. You know, people don't like it when they find out that you've been around since 1919 and with the reign of Hitler. You know what I mean? It's not a good look. Yes, ending leading to the big fight with Storm with Starlight, Queen Maeve, and Kimiko in a three-on-one beatdown, which gives me one of my favorite lines of the season. Frenchie saying, Wow, girls really do get it done. Yes, they do, Frenchie. Yes, they do. Thank you. I literally said that to myself, and then Frenchie said it out loud. I was like, this is my guy right here. This is my guy, Frenchie. <laughs> I love you. So Sorfoot flies off because she can't take three strong women down on her own because you know she's not as strong as she thinks she is um she flies off attacks becca and becca's son who's dormant power whose powers have been dormant for the most part destroys her leaves her a disgusting little toasty mess unfortunately becca is hurt as well and she urges butcher to raise her son and to make him one of the good guys homelander obviously is not happy that stormfront is you know 
incapacitated to say the least. Um, Queen Maeve shows up and um, blackmails Homelander and um, forces him, yeah, blackmails him and leaves us in a stalemate. Again, blackmail, the greatest superpower that we see in this show. Truly is, truly is. So Homelander is taken with the CIA to be raised while Mallory is reinstated. And the boys are not officially wanted anymore. They can go home to their families. And any QE start to get closer. And that ends season two, which is kind of like a brief overview. It doesn't cover everything. But season two, what a season. What a season it was. I'm not going to lie. It was great. Um, yeah. Also, the fact that, like, I, oh my gosh, that scene with Butcher and his dad obviously makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. as to why he is the way that he is and then becca talking about butcher and how like you were always one bad day away from beating somebody up which is so sad but also makes so much sense because someone really doesn't go off the deep end that quickly unless there are other underlying issues going on and it, i really do feel for becca because like that's the one thing we wanted just for her to be alive like y'all can't let me have anything Kripke, what's <laughs> wrong with you like what is wrong with you, bruh? What is with you in killing off love interests? Okay, first it was Jessica, it's Lisa Glad, a supernatural, and now it's Becca. After everything I've been through, after everything I've sacrificed, you could have let the boy at least have some good aim? Mm-hmm. Like, really? Oh my gosh, you bring her back just to take her out. Why? Why? Oh now we'll fight it. Also, it's so, I love the show, but like seeing all of these. <laughs> past writers executive producers past showrunners even of supernatural being a part of this show y'all can't leave me alone y'all can't leave me in peace y'all can't go off and do something else y'all don't get out of my face like even flight attendant one of the writers was a writer on supernatural that's why i can't watch watch it yet because it's like y'all commandeered my adolescence for too long and now you're coming for me in adulthood what is this why would you do leave this? me alone leave Let me, me live. alone go I away don't want this. get a job get another job get a different job yeah um season two beautiful continuation of season one i love that the show um the stakes are higher the tasks are harder but mm-hmm. we still kind of keep it to realism we don't really like go and do things that don't make any sense or don't seem uh, kind of like they like put together. Um, everything kind of slows. Stormfront, man, I really liked her. Yeah, she was, she was cool. That's why I was like, why can't you just have her be a bad character? Like, not a bad character, but like a like an evil person. Like, if she had been just an evil person, like she would turn out to be like the villain of the season, I could have still supported her. I could have been like, yeah, she ended up like killing all the good guys. But like, and? Like, I would, you know, like, I could have that justification, you know? The same way that a lot of people do with Scarlet Witch. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she took down the entire multiverse, but, like, she's the queen, so so it's okay. But, like, making her not, no. Now I can't. Now I can't support her in any way, shape, or form. Why would y'all do this to me? Literally just make her an evil character. You didn't have to give her a reason. She could have just been a horrible, evil person that had some, like, vendetta against people. Or maybe she could just hate humans. Maybe she was just so prideful that she ended up hating all humans. I could have supported that. The thing is, it made me think of um, Magneto. And the thing about Magneto, in him being Jewish and a mutant, he didn't like humans 
not because he felt that he was superior to them in the same way that Homelander is, but Magneto didn't like humans because of their atrocities that they have done against yeah. each other yeah, due to racism, you. but yeah. also due to mutants. Mm-hmm. Like he, like all of Magneto, and that's why like he's one of the greatest villains. Like everyone absolutely loves Magneto because like he is only evil, I guess, um, because he witnessed firsthand directly to himself and to his family and to his people literally the worst thing that humans that one human could do to another done on a mass scale Mm -hmm. like it's completely justified everything that he does makes perfect sense he was literally like him and his family and all his people were slaughtered for no reason by other humans it's uh and also the show does a good job of displaying how people are radicalized and how it's not just memes it's not just internet culture how radicalization can can lead to actionable consequences and how people even though they are directly influential and the cause of what happened in the convenience store in that show they will still try to pit it on the people that they are against and that twist at the end of the show it really like for congressman newman to be a soup kind of mm-hmm. feeds it to also, uh, also her being our aoc type in the show as well um it kind of blends into conservative ideology of immigrants taking our jobs and making the country worse or whatever it is and then having people like AOC or the squad you know standing up and leading by example for a more socially just world with laws that reflect the times that we are in now but Newman in the show being a soup and could possibly be classified as a soup terrorist as someone who's trying to protect the people of this nation although she truly does care about them shows that like she was assisting Vought with the coup and she was the man behind she was a man inside behind the curtain and even the people that we look up to and idolize can't really trust them and it's also why people shouldn't idolize politicians because even though sometimes they will enact laws that help you at the end of the day it is about compromise. It is about keeping their job. It's about towing the line mm-hmm. and staying within the status quo. And that's what a lot of this is that, like, these superheroes are obviously gods, but they're also used as products and they're used as weapons and they're not seen as people or individuals, but they are tools to be to uphold the status quo that keeps capitalism in the power that it is to keep us all under the weight of capitalism under its boot. So, I when I found out Newman was the person popping people's heads, I was like, no, it has to be the Nazi. I was like, when Homelander was like, it wasn't me. She's like, it wasn't me. I'm like, oh, like, babe, why are we doing this? Babe, don't, no, why? And it's, oh, the show's stressing me out. The show's stressing me out. Oh my God. And also the fact that like, when I heard, I knew I'd have to watch the show because Jensen Ackles got cast in season three. And I was like, Wherever he goes, I go, I guess. I've never watched, I've never seen Walker though. I'm not watching. You can't pay me to watch the CW show. You can't pay me. You can't pay me. Like even like the Chong reboot, which I was somewhat interested in. I was like, I'm sorry, girls. It's enough for me. It's enough for me. Sorry, I can't do it. All right. I'm waiting for the CW to go bankrupt and just shut its doors down forever. I'm sorry. If all American has to die, then that's just what it has to be. Own can pick it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It'll find a new house. It can find a new place. You know what I mean? But y'all gotta let it go. I know a lot of people will ride or die for the Arrowverse universe. I think it's time to pack it up and ship it out. 
You know what I mean? Take it back to the clearance bin. You know, I'm sorry. The box of DVDs, I'm going to see them in a CVS one day and I'm going to think about what once was. And I'm not really going to care. Please, somebody let me know when the CW is on its last leg. Because Riverdale is coming to an end. It's finally, it's finally ending. And, you know, Cole, Cole Sprouse, he celebrated with an ass selfie, which, you know, nobody asked for, really. No. Nobody asked. I don't, I don't know. Especially what... an edited, like, especially a warped selfie. Like, my goodness. Yeah, babe. People already really don't like you that much. Because, like, you know. My Cole God, Sprouse... at least have, like, some underwear on or something. Cole Sprouse definitely gives you, like, child actor vibes like born i wonder why <laughs> <laughs> like the annoying child actor you see in the movies where like they were beloved as a kid but like behind the scenes they're kind of like a butt face like i don't think dylan is that different but like cole definitely like gives me like especially the way he talks in interviews sometimes like i know you hate the show that you're on but like you don't you 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 have you have some cringy lines but what you have to go through on the show is not as bad as other people, other people have to go through the show. Okay, Cam- Camila Mendez has to say daddy 37 times. She has to say daddy 37 times in season one. All right. And she's actually a good actress. So there's that. Also, Lily Reinhardt. Babe, God. <laughs> Sophia Coppola, please scoop her up and put her in your next movie. Please. Please. I'm, I'm begging you. Please. Sophia Coppola. You have a new white woman. She's right there. Just take her. Just take her. You know what I mean? All right um final thoughts on season two um literally absolutely amazing except for the nazi everything else it was like boom 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 <sighs> beautiful it was That's... dense but it was still fast paced those twists those turns they like it was great i did i liked season two i um i liked stormfront's character i feel like she was very interesting um gosh it, it did it pissed me off it did and um the whole scientology inspired figure very very interesting as well um i gosh the fact that newman is not who we think she is really does add to the layer of like there's no really good or bad or there's no really like black and white within the show everyone is doing whatever they can to protect themselves at the end of the day and i have so much hope for her girl you get for having hope you should know better you should have known better oh my god the fact that also Vought used like the one bad apple excuse to absolve themselves of storefronts nazi war crimes and then they let a train back into the group oh baby why are we doing this it only takes so much. I am so sad that Ryan killed his own mother. I really do feel for him. I feel so bad for him. I personally, this is me going against my own feelings towards this kind of thing. I personally think that Ryan should have gone with MM's family. Yeah. You know, I like Grace Mallory, but I feel like MM is like the softer of per- to person of the group. And he's also already a father. I feel like he could raise Ryan to be a pretty good person, or at least Monique could. You know, I'm glad that we got to see her season three, and I'm glad she's talking a little bit more season three as well. But, you know, overall, I only hope for the best in regards to Ryan and a sweet little heart, because he he doesn't deserve the hand that he's been dealt. 
he does it. And like mm. for the most part, people get like somewhat happy endings since season three. True. You know? Um I'm happy that MM got to go back to his family for a time being, you know. Um maybe Newman can be on ah, I don't know, bro. Everything is just ugh. especially with like oof. I let's get let's uh season three. Okay. Glenn, what do you think about season three so far? Um, so far it's playing off of the same beats. I've only watched like the first three episodes. I think there are five out now. There are four. The fifth one's coming out on Friday. There are four. Okay, okay. Them. Yeah. But um, I mean, so far, like I'm enjoying it. I'm I don't know, it seems a little bit grosser than the last seasons. That seems weird to say. Is it grosser? Yeah. Like not like like um like character wise like besides like the nazi bit besides that i feel like everyone like before they were like playing a lot more with like oh a lot more gray characters now these characters are going from like gray to like dark gray these aren't like oh there's a little bit of like good a little bit of bad you know it's a little bit morally questionable these are all now like very like dark gray characters which like i guess is just what's going to happen since they've had like more time and like they've had more ability to like write this stuff i I think that season three, season three is really good. Another thing that I love about shows like this is that like, obviously a lot of people have somewhat gotten tired of Marvel and their just constant push of content, stuff like that. Like Marvel took a break mm-hmm. for a minute, but like, you know, we're back in the boom of things with Disney plus and Marvel TV shows and people talking about them and us just getting all this Marvel, Marvel, Marvel back and back and back. Um, The Boys is a great show to kind of show people, as it has throughout its entire run, showing how toxic our obsession with superheroes are and fandoms. And, um, you know, the blood, the gore, profanity, nudity, because it's on Amazon Prime. There are no really limits or bounds to the show proven by the fact that somebody literally shrunk into a size of a thimble and crawled into someone's dick. Mm. Um, that was a scene I did not want to see and I never want to see again. Uh, uh, Huey is working with the C- the Federal Bureau of Soup Affairs, which is, held, which is led by our girl, AOC. Congressman Newman. <laughs> And, and they don't know. No one knows about her yet. Not yet. Uh, we soon find out that Congressman Newman uh, is a soup. She. We find out that her name, her name is possibly Nadia. Uh, a young boy came to see her, a young man. Uh, Huey follows him into an alley and, you know, Nadia did what she had to do. You know, she couldn't let her secret get out and um, they start to investigate her Huey was living a nice, normal life. He was drinking smoothies. He was going on his Peloton every day. He had his beautiful wife and beautiful girlfriend. They're not married yet. We don't know about that. But, Mm. you know, um, living this beautiful, comfy life, managing the boys and their kind of independent agency in conjunction with the Federal Bureau of Soup Affairs. You know, MM is with his family. Monique is shacked up with the white man who I think is going to turn out to be the next convenience store shooter. I don't know if the show wants to go down an obvious route with that, but I don't mm. fully trust him. You know what I mean? Because he's a white man, you know? And, you know, Butcher is seeing Ryan every so often while he's staying with Grace Mallory. Uh, you know, the show, um, the show does a great job of 
critiquing the money-grabbing nature of superhero corporations in the way of, you know, rainbow capitalism and girl boss tings and virtual signaling, all that stuff, and just, like, creating such terrible formulaic movies. Not saying that Marvel movies are terrible. I'm just saying, you know, switching it up does always happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just saying that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, honestly, season three starts off pretty well. We still have the same corrupt superheroes that we had from before. Butcher is even more content, more intent on killing Homelander, who I'd say Anthony Starr. Anthony Starr. I the thing is with me is that like I feel like if you saw him in real life, because the character is so terrible, people don't hate him. Like people don't dislike him in person in the same way they would dislike another character. And I also think it's because he's a white man. Yeah. But like also I saw an article that like Trump supporters were really excited for season three just because Homelander's coming back. And I was sitting here like, the joke? Like you are the joke here. Like you need to under like you guys need to look in a mirror. Hello, baby. They're looking at a two-way mirror where they're supposed to be looking at themselves, but they're looking through it and they're like, what am I seeing here? Mm. What am I seeing here? It's like, no, babe, wrong. Sorry, you're on the wrong side of the glass here, babe. I'm sorry. Like, no. But um, yes, basically, he leads an investigation into the cover-up of the dangerous past, the soup known as Soldier Boy, who's played by Justin Ackles. Also, a new serum that gives normal people superpowers for 24 hours, which um, CEO Edgar is trying to sell to the new president i believe singer who was also bobby in supernatural mm. who's also named after robert singer who was an executive producer of supernatural who still has the same name from the same character supernatural i believe yeah doesn't the way y'all don't let things go oh my gosh like it's like oh the fans keep bringing up supernatural babe the people who work on the show if right on the show they keep bringing up supernatural thank you <laughs> i'm not gonna lie singer Man, you have a place in my heart right here. You do, because, you know, he's Bobby. But also, like, y'all, please. If there's one white man I don't want to die in the show, it's Singer. I'm sorry, Huey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Huey, God. Huey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, like, yeah. also, this is going to seem kind of problematic. I kind of want Newman to win. I don't want her to go. She can blow up heads. The fact that she has a blown up Homelander's head. Why don't you do all of us a favor and take out oh the God. one guy that nobody likes? Like, hello? You're going to turn against your, your adoptive father? I know said Edgar is not the best guy. Obviously, he let a Nazi into the seven, but, like, at least he had things under control. Like, can we not put him in prison? Can we not put him in prison? Can we give him, like, a slap on the wrist? I know that's... I shouldn't be saying that because I want people to be held accountable. Can we give him a slap on the wrist? Like, sir... Stan, don't go with them. Like, please, just go to just go to Cuba. Just hide out in Bali. Something, please. Like, Homelander's getting too powerful too quick. He just is. Okay. Um, the boys take the fight to Vought once again. Uh, a bit fractured after defeating Stormfront. Huey has been grappling with his powerlessness, working with the anti-soup congresswoman Victoria Newman, who happens to be a secret superpowered assassin at the Bureau of Superhuman Affairs, aiming to keep soups slightly more accountable for their gruesome collateral damage. Mother's Milk is taking time away to be with his family. Frenchie and Kimiko are thinking about starting a life together elsewhere. Um, 
there is a reference to the Snyder deep cut in the first episode mm-hmm. talking about how they were possibly going to release Dawn of the Seven on Vought Plus or not even release it to theaters because of Stormfront and, you know, the research obviously having to take place because Stormfront is so heavily in the show. Instead, they released it, you know, airing it in theaters, very um, reflective of how a lot of movies are trying to push films into theaters and not into streaming services because they want the box office numbers and they don't care about streaming numbers. Uh, at the same time, uh, covering a lot of heavy subjects, uh, we are revisiting Starlight's sexual assault ordeal with bringing Deep back into the seven. Oh, girl, I'm so sorry about that. Um, we have uh, A-Train who is trying to rehabilitate his message because he's not working out. He His heart is still, you know, kind of so-so. Like, we don't know what's going to happen if he starts training again. Like, we don't, you know, can't really tell. Um He's trying to rebrand himself. He gave himself a very much, uh, you know, kutakente kind of new costume. Mm-hmm. He wanted to create a video game based on slavery. Uh, you know, A-Trade is just going through a little bit of identity crisis right now. And I, uh, I don't, I'm not, I think that he should go after the guy in the neighborhood that's terrorizing people. Uh, screw Hollander, screw the deep. And his wife telling him that he's being soft on crime. Um, go to your neighborhood and show that guy who's boss. In fact, do it, do it, and tell Homelander to uh, kiss my ass. Like, just do it. You know what I mean? That's my advice to you. Um, also, this is something else about A Train. Oh, the Pepsi commercial. Oh, mm-hmm, the Pepsi mm-hmm. commercial. <laughs> Kendall Jenner should never live that down. <laughs> never. It is hilarious to me that they did that exactly frame for frame, shot for shot. We are pulling no punches. And I love it. Literally pulling no punches. Oh, gosh. It's uh, chef's kiss. Mwah. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the Pepsi commercial. Uh, you know, Starlight is dealing with a lot in the workplace, workplace politics, sexism. Queen Maeve is trying to help out the boys and taking down Homelander. They try to create a little coup to take him down with also, there's like an American Idol kind of competition to find a new member for the seven, mm-hmm. which obviously gets, you know, which obviously isn't exactly fair. Um, can Kate, I, oh my gosh. The fact that there was like an American Idol kind of giving very much 2000 vibes with like the editing and everything with the, you know, but uh, what was the guy's name? Supersonic was a friend of Starlight and was join asked to join the seven is going to help her take down homelander it's gonna be starlight mave a train and then um supersonic that ended up not happening because supersonic is no longer with us unfortunately mm-hmm. and a train betrayed us and mave is still training but you know we don't know how fast the loan that's going to go because very much uh our guy homelander has made it clear that he do not test him because once he has nothing to lose he will definitely burn this motherfucker down he yeah. will absolutely do it. Yes. Um, I think that the Soldier Boy cover-up story is interesting. Uh, tying that in, uh, learning more about Grace Mallory. I think that'll be cool to see what's next. Possibly uh, the only thing I want to see is Soldier Boy taking on Homelander. Yeah. I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I think season three is going to turn into a kill your darlings kind of thing. Yeah. That being said, Laz Alonso, you don't have to say anything. Listen, you don't have to tell me anything. Listen, I just want to know. I just want you to know I appreciate your time in the boys. You have been a phenomenal actor. Your character is (laughs) strong, amazing. I... The close-up they did on his face when they saw Soldier Boy in that tank, because we all knew it was Soldier Boy in the tank. We all knew. Who? What else would it be in there? Obviously, Soldier Boy. When they did that close-up, we knew. We knew. Laz Alonzo, listen, you're more than just a character. <laughs> I just don't want you to go, but I'm not stupid. I've seen how this goes before. I know what to look for. I know the signs. Okay, you can't lie to me. Don't say I'm overreacting. It's just, it's going to happen. So, Laz Alonzo, I love you. That's all I'd say. I appreciate your time on the boys. Uh, Jensen Ackles, I don't know if I'll be able to forgive you, but, we, you know, we may have to move, we'll, we'll move through it. Well, uh, we'll get through it. Yeah. A lot more naked guys in this season. I appreciate Amazon for not showing me titties. Yeah. I that's HBO Max's thing. That's Netflix's thing. <laughs> like, the full frontal uh, nudity, I can't always get down with it, but, like, Amazon was like, listen, you can take a, a boat and drive it straight in the middle of a whale. But the one thing we're not showing is no, no nipples. T- no titties. No nipples, no vajayjays, no dicks. None of that. You want to make somebody explode in half? Do it. Be my guest. But nudity is a no-no on this platform. It's also hilarious that The Boys is on Amazon. Here. <laughs> How is it that The Boys is literally like... Babe. The fact that like... It's hilarious to me that Eric Kripke had... The nerve to say something about Marvel? You're on Amazon Prime. Do you know who Jeff Bezos is? <laughs> Do you know who Jeff Bezos is? Say something else about Marvel. Say something else about Disney. Go ahead. It's fine. Sorry, because one of them is the biggest company in the world. And the other one is just a large media conglomerate. That is owned by one of the richest men in the world. Literally one of the richest men in the Eric Kripke, shut up. Don't think, because don't get too big for your boosters because you're not on the CW anymore. Please. All right. That being said, season three, a lot of times with shows like this, they tend to get a little bit repetitive. And I think that it does fall into a little bit of repetition. Um, but I am interested to see where it's going. I do think that Starlight is heading down the Maeve route, which makes mm-hmm. me very sad for her. Let me show up. Um, no, let me not. Oh, oh. Aaron Moriarty. Um, are, 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 am I an asshole? I'm gonna, I'm gonna seem like a, a rude person for okay. this up. Is it, is it prosthetics or is it Dr. Miami? Uh, the nose, the cheekbones, the eyes. I'm not sure what to say there. Because, <laughs> because me, I'm watching the show and I'm like, wait, did they recast her? And I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I guess it fits the show because she's kind of getting more into it and like, you know, they're a little richer, they're a little more money. People change when they're richer a little bit. It's like, okay. Or like maybe the show's doing it on purpose to try and, you know, because she was kind of like, she was trying to rationalize being co-captain. Like I said before, power corrupts people, even if you're doing it for a good reason. Um, power will still kind of like draw you in. And she was hesitant to be co-captain with Homelander because obviously he's not a great guy, but you know, Things change. People change. And people change a lot. So I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying that, like, it was like, oh, okay. I mean, whatever. You know what? I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Like, that's not a normal thing that happens in Hollywood all the time to the point where, like, it's barely recognizable. Like, whatever. 
Um, overall, The Boys, I love the show. Uh, I will be waiting until the last episode comes out because luckily The Boys is a really well-known show, but it's not too, um, like, it's not like Euphoria. You know what I mean? It's not, not everybody's talking about it every time True. the show ends. True. So when the show does end, I will be able to watch the entire show, all the rest of season three, and not have it spoiled for me. So do you have any final thoughts on the boys and what you thought about season three and so on and so forth? Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Like I said, it's getting a lot darker, um, a lot more complex. And as long as um Maga doesn't take a hold of the fan community, I think it'll be great. I am definitely interested to see what's going to happen with Soldier Boy, Justin Ackles. Um, he's been a lot of inter- interviews with the cast, so I really do feel like he's definitely going to be giving us a lot of interesting things. Um, you know, Homelander going on his definitely depraved rant during his birthday spectacular or whatever was another clear point of radicalization that's happening within mass media when you give these terrible people platforms and we saw it obviously in Monique's new boo which which is why I'm worried that he's going to be the next convenience store shooter mm-hmm. but also with Soldier Boy running off and kind of to the winds and him possibly incap- incapacitated Kamiko which would break my heart if that really does happen but you know I think season three they're upping the ante and in them upping the ante we're going um the kill your darlings route yeah yeah, and they've already been greenlit for season four so it seems very clear that like we're not going suicide squad but we're we're going like babe not everybody's gonna make it sorry Mm. and i i do fear because huey he's a nice lad he's a nice lad but he's deeply insecure and he's getting scared by the second and there are a lot of strong women around him and he feels like he's being threatened as a white man you know it doesn't matter how nice the guy is listen at the end of the day he's a man all right it's the ego so uh yeah all righty that is the boys wow now for invincible which i don't think we're gonna spend too much time on because we've been talking for a while so we don't want to go too long um do you want to give me your initial thoughts on uh invincible season one uh actually would it be possible to move invincible because I, like you said, we have been talking for a while and I do have yeah. stuff that I need to do after this. Okay. Plus, like, Invincible is a deep enough show that we could talk about that for We could talk about it next week. Because next week we're still doing kind of shows that are subverting the superhero genre. Because mm-hmm. we're doing, we're doing HBO Max, basically, but we can bring Invincible in there. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we could just move into the last segment, I'll Pass. Uh, we could keep it short and sweet. Um... My first I'll pass is going to be Handmaid's Tale and Squid Games. Y'all are gonna on uh, y'all are gonna piss me off with these. Also, Joker 2 is coming out. It's gonna be a musical and Lady Gaga is gonna be in it. When I tell you, I'm about to go on a social media fast. Because I simply do not know what else I need to do to not hear about that. I feel like it'd be the best for you. I feel like I might also <laughs> join you on that. <laughs> that was a read! That was a read, how dare you! How dare you do that to me? Well, no, no I, don't act surprised. That was a read to the internet. That was a read to okay. the internet. Yeah, right. Okay, whatever. That was actually a read to Lady Gaga more than anything else. Oh, gosh. Like, Austin Butler is already walking around talking like Elvis still. Mm-hmm. Sir, your voice is not that deep. You didn't go through puberty twice. Hello? I mean, good for you. But, like, also, please, 
give it a rest babe um yeah that's when method acting just goes a little too far like we're gonna pretend to be Elvis for the whole awards run the whole time calm down the best thing about your movie was Doja's song listen listen also if you guys look into the history of Elvis that man is disgusting not Mm -hmm. only just him stealing music from black artists but he used to eat so much food and like so much fat and just like he was literally trying to take himself out at the end like it was just all him you know, like people say like, oh, fat people wearing um, baby suits promotes obesity. No, babe. No. Read the doc. Read like anything about him and his eating habits. And I'll tell you something. He ain't got nothing on Donald Trump and them hundred lukewarm burgers. He's trying to feed those uh, athletes that one time. Because nope. he like Elvis would have eaten the burgers, the wrapper, the table and the tablecloth. That's what he was on. You know what I mean? And then he would have gone for seconds. Thirds. Ooh, baby. Also, gosh, Todd Phillips, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? I love that. One thing I do love is that Morpheus was released back into theaters and then it bombed for a second time. It did make history. Unfortunately, there's going to be an extended cut of the Superman movie, Spider-Man movie in theaters. Why are we releasing an extended cut? Is that not for the DVD? Should that be for the streaming service? They don't believe in that. DVDs and sh- people don't do DVDs anymore. The trend is over. And streaming services, I mean, like, you have to, like, announce that's there. I guess they could do it. Um, extended cut, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Obviously, obviously, it's a cash grab. Obviously. I need to see how long it is, though. Because um, the final runtime is 148 minutes, which is close to two hours. So it's definitely going to be more than two hours. We, we're not going to say three hours because that's obviously too long and that's probably like a little exaggeration. But oh my gosh, why? Like simply simply put, why? For what? For whom? For you? Great. Um, Glenn, I'm sorry. Do you have anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I have one. I'm just, I'm not sure if it's a all pass. I'm just a little bit confused. I saw a trailer for this new movie called um, Vengeance recently. Um, it comes out in about a month. Um, and it's a story of... Is it the one with Dove Cameron? Yeah, it's the one with Dove Cameron. Oh my gosh. BJ Novak. People say he's the director. And I'm not gonna lie. He, like, I haven't really seen a lot of the movies he's made. Apparently. Wait, did he direct? Apparently he directed The Amazing Spider-Man. No, this Mark Webb. Okay, maybe he just produced it or whatever. I don't know. I should look on his IMDb and see instead of just, like, trusting google for that but yeah i see it's like a cowboy movie of some kind um no no it is not it is a is a modern day texas redneck movie i guess would be the best way to say it basically um bj um bj novak his character ben is um i guess like the head like this big podcast company or something very similar to that it's very similar to archive 81 in that Okay. Um, and he's basically looking for a story. Um, so they think that the girlfriend was murdered, or like she just like disappeared, but they believe that she was actually murdered. Um, and he goes there because it's such a fascinating story because like they have no evidence, no proof, no leads, nothing whatsoever, but they so firmly believe that like she was murdered. And so he kind of gets wrapped up and like obviously as this this is just based off of the trailer, but obviously as the story continues, like oh, like, it looks like there really is something going on here. Like, oh, someone is trying to cover something up. Um, 
but I'm just I'm very confused because it's a very based off of the trailer it's a very glorifying Texas redneck gun violence sort of movie which is very interesting to be coming out now when Texas is either the laughing stock or the second laughing stock state currently um mm-hmm. Florida's competing with it they're fighting their neck and neck mm. I'm not sure which one of them is winning right now um but just interesting and it's especially inter- interesting because Issa Rae is a part of this movie yes 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 that's the listen that's the thing though that happens sometimes where like you see a movie and you're like skeptical about it and you don't know if you're gonna watch it, or you don't even like it but then you see somebody you respect and like and love as a creative that's in it and it's like well if they read the script then it can't be that bad right exactly that's why i'm confused because i saw the trailer i was like oh like i was just kind of like rolling my eyes too i was like okay well mm-hmm. whatever blah, blah, blah. and i saw her also it gives me like remember Nicki minaj and the other woman mm-hmm. it gives me like she's in the movie but she's not really like in the movie like she's there but not really to the plot to the point where like she's relevant like you could cut her out of the movie you could replace her with somebody else it still would not really change much so yeah. that's what it's giving me it's like it's basically like she saw she's like oh bj novex he's like a nice guy and she was like you know what i got time on my schedule yeah i'll be in a movie whatever it's like it gives me like i don't know but yeah i understand what you're saying Anyways, it just it yeah. concerns me it's interesting it piqued mm-hmm. my attention yeah this movie is shot like a high school short film like if somebody if someone's parents bought them like really good cameras and they got all their friends together for the weekend to film a movie this is what it's giving me on the quality based of what I'm looking at the trailer right now. Mm-hmm. Also, Ashton Kutcher is in this movie. Yeah. Which, like, I would only hope that, like, because Ashton Kutcher doesn't really do much ever since Netflix rightfully canceled The Ranch. Um, I'm thinking maybe this is good. Or is Ashton Kutcher kind of, like, doing the whole, like, cowboy ranch redneck country vibe thing right now like is he trying to be in his matthew mcconaughey moment i really think so that's what it looks like yeah um i feel like this film it's also produced by bloom house mm-hmm. see it's so confusing like it's all like which direction is it there's focus <laughs> there's focus pictures which usually does movies like spectacular now Tiffio's kind of vibe, wholesome movies. And then there's Bloomhouse, which does like horror movies, like thrillers, yeah, like, like suspense. BJ Novik you... is a comedy writer, by the way. Like he's in the office of the Mindy Project. It, does, it, it The trailer did come off comedic. I will I will give it that. It did have a comedic air to it. But it's just like, I was pulled Bloom so House? many different directions just based off of like Bloomhouse, but BJ Novak, but Redneck Texas, but Issa Rae. But Dove Cameron, like, it's just... I do have to say, um, movies that are based have a popular phenomena that is from the internet, like podcasts that try to solve mysteries. Movies that are kind of based on that, it's giving me like, okay, either you're going to do this well and smart, or you've listened to one murder mystery podcast and then you wrote this movie. That's giving you've listened to one murder mystery podcast. Yeah, I don't know, babe. I don't know. Because also, that was the problem with Archive 81, too. Archive 81 was a good show, and it was similar to the podcast in some ways, but in a lot of ways, it took away a lot of the magic of the podcast and what a lot of people liked about the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because, like, the show had a lot of potential, especially with the season one cliffhanger, but Netflix didn't even greenlight it for season two. 
which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense because it was a good show it was well received critics liked it it was well watched streaming numbers are there they would just rather create cheap content that drives up more numbers and trends more rather than create quality content that people genuinely like but obviously it would be more expensive to film yeah because it's cheaper to get a ten thousand dollar airbnb and have like 10 single women and 10 single men live there and then pretend like it's a dating game when really it's let's see what's up with each other and let's see who fights you're right. It is very cost-effective. Mm, yeah. Um, vengeance does look interesting. I think the one thing that's more interesting will probably be Beast. It's a movie starring um, uh, 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 ooh, Idris Elba. It's coming out August 19th. I think that would mm-hmm. be interesting. Or... The Menu. Um, I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, another new movie coming out. I gotta see when. It's called The Menu. It's very rich elitist eating like people invite it to the, this fancy like event or whatever and they find out that they're the main course like that kind of horror it's a comedy horror comedy sort of vibe to it um it has uh anya taylor joy though so okay the menu mm-hmm. i don't think it has a release date yet um no i guess no no it's just late it's like november 18th so i must have saw like an early early trailer for it oh my gosh Mark Malloyd mm-hmm. is the director. Yeah. See, this looks also- interesting. This is something I can get behind. Okay, Secession. All right. He says Secession, Shameless, and Game of Thrones as a writer and director. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, I'm not sure how you I feel mean, about Nicholas Holt, but he's in there, too. I kind of like Nicholas Holt. You know, I can, like, I don't feel any type of way around him, to be honest. All right, fair enough. Yeah, so definitely interesting oh i have this already on my want to watch list oh you do okay yeah because anya taylor joy is in it yeah Mm -hmm. that's why that is why there's also a movie coming out soon called black phone that's (gasps) starring i forgot about that i should mention that earlier i feel a kind of way when it comes to um horror movies in the summer because it's like babe we're not lasting this long till october but this one looks interesting I, would have I feel to like there's a else, very but... clear difference between horror movies released in the summer versus horror movies released, like, Halloween time. Oh, yeah. It's released um, June 24th is when it comes yeah. out, so I'm Yeah, it's soon. Yeah. Yeah, BJ Novick's new film. This is a thing that happens often with, like, people that you know as actors that, like, deem themselves as directors. When they actually do direct a movie, it's like, all right, babe, let's see what we got. <laughs> it's like okay it's like i made cookies mom it's like oh okay yeah. all right you just gotta sit down you look at it it's like oh i hope i have all the mm, oh this. my god this is so good <laughs> yeah you it's kinda like, all by yourself it's like it's all right it's all right i really could not be friends with somebody who's a director because if i don't like your movie i just i can't no i, I, can't would, I would love to be in that position because i, I can tell lie, them. bro i'll be like this this and this because like, do you know be... what the last thing a director needs around them is? Yes, men. Yeah. I'm a lot of things, but I've never been accused of being a yes man. Yep. Uh, gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't think there's anything else to say, really. No. There's a lot of stuff this summer. There's a lot of stuff this summer. There's also a lot of stuff happening right now. Just in the world, you could say. But uh, we're, I think we're good for today. Uh-huh. guys also uh congratulations to britney spears for getting married yay, yay! 
Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. Yes. And um, shout out to Lizzo for apologizing for using the word, the word S-P-A-Z in her song Girls. And, you know, apologizing and then re-releasing re- re- the song with something without the word. Uh, we thank you, Queen. And um, now all you need to do is fix the clothing line and drop the album. And I think we'll be... I think we'll be good. Fix the closing line. What's wrong with the closing line? It's there's a I cannot dive into it. There's a it's kind of trending right now with how the shapewear isn't isn't good, I guess would oh. be the, the quickest way to say it. It's not what we were hoping. Oh. I'm which is disappointing okay. coming from Lisa, who has been such a positive influence in that sphere. Okay. All right. But that's well, a little I'm, bit more opinionated. That's not like necessarily like a fact that it is bad. It just is having very mixed reviews. Oh, got it. Um, this is another thing that I'm going to pass on. Um, Jennifer Lopez released a documentary called Halftime, which is obviously, a, which is obviously a copy off of Beyonce's documentary. We're not going to act like it's not. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did my audio change? No. Okay, I thought I heard something in my headphones. Okay. Basically, BuzzFeed News released this article saying that uh, it's time we take Jennifer Lopez seriously. And to that, I say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez said it was a mistake for her to share the halftime show with Shakira. Jennifer, you have Kids' Choice Awards. Shakira has Grammys. Aaliyah sang most of your songs. Why do you try to act like you can dance and sing? You can dance? You're singing like it's a, you know, she can hit a note. Shakira is Shakira, okay? She is known globally, mm-hmm. all right? You're Jenny from around the block. You used to say the Edward, all right, babe? You should be glad we like you. Like, Jennifer Lopez, please. People not take you seriously. Jennifer Lopez started, started like two different dance trends in the summer of 2020, and nobody did them. Nobody did them. When everybody wants to do a little dance, a little jig, no one did yours. You're a dancer, babe. Like, and also you doing the halftime show for the Super Bowl, the Listen, I'm still iffy on the NFL. I'm still, you know, my girl Rihanna, she said it best. If other people want to do it, that's fine. That's just not me because of what they've done in the past and how to treat Claude Kaepernick. I still hold that dear to my heart. All right. <sighs> so, um, you know, it's, I didn't even like watch the documentary and I'm not going to watch the documentary. Okay. Good. No one was. Also, no one she did. Was a- <sighs> Also, she was upset that she was snubbed at the Oscars for Hustlers. The movie where we see people's titties? Uh, For Girls Trip? Golden Globe? Possibly. Jennifer Lopez winning an Oscar? Maybe for Monster a lot, but not for this. (laughs) Maybe for The Wedding Planner, but not for this. (laughs) Not Hustlers. I'm sorry, babe. Also, did you see the wig? Did they put my girl... No. No, stop. I'm sorry, Jennifer Lopez, like, you're very talented and you're very well-known and very renowned. But when you start asking for things, for certain things, we're just going to bring up other things that you don't want to talk about. So maybe you could just be glad we got this Netflix documentary and got that Netflix bag and keep it cute. There's still water all over the floor and it's dangerous for customers. I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching this week's episode and listening this week's episode. I've been meaning to watch that. Uh, You know, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share with your friends, you know. 
Let us know what you think. Yeah. DM us on Instagram with any suggestions, or you'll see you guys next week on another episode. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.